Did you know that Easy Medical Device is not only a blog, a podcast, or a YouTube channel? It's also an agency that is providing you consulting, coaching, and training for medical devices. So if you have any projects, don't hesitate to contact me at info at easymedicaldevice.com. Info at easymedicaldevice.com. So talk to you later. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Lazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I'll share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standard today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Alazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today, we will try to explain you the situation with the notified bodies. Because we had since few times, since last year, a lot of uh, information regarding some bottlenecks that will arrive due to the uh, MDR. Now we have the one-year delay that is happening. So what does it mean for notified bodies? And... On top of that, we have the COVID-19. So there is a lot of situation now. And I wanted to clarify that for you because I got a lot of questions asking me uh, why, why I cannot get a notified body on the phone. How can I get a notified body for MDD? How can I get a notified body for MDR, etc., etc.? And for that, I have invited uh, Basil Akra from TubeSud, who will help us to understand uh, this whole situation. So Basil, welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Good morning, Monir, uh, and uh, hi, everyone. I'm happy to be part of this discussion uh, to exchange with you about uh, your needs. Uh, try to clarify your questions and to give some insight about where we are at this moment of time. Great. So thank you, Basil, for that. Uh, so Basil, just for the people that maybe don't know you, even if I, I know that you are really um, performing well in terms of communication regarding chief suits, so can you make a small introduction of yourself? Yes, sure. So my name is Basil Akra and I'm uh, the VP of the Strategic Business Development at Tufsuit Product Service and represent notified bodies in the multiple working groups at the European level. So uh, in terms of uh, Tufsuit, so for how long have you been working for Tufsuit now? It's nearly nine years that I started working for Tufsuit uh, Product Service. So great in in uh, in, uh, in Germany yeah, in uh, in the Bavarian area in München. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this is our headquarter in in Germany. But we are as an organization globally uh, distributed. So we act from the different location in the world where medical device industry and IBD industry are located. Great. Uh, just a small clarification for TUFSUD. So um, when we are talking about TUFSUD uh, as an auditor or as a notified body, we are really talking about the uh, German office who is uh, heading as the notified body, is correct? Yeah, TÜVSUD is, is a German notified body with multiple uh, international subsidiaries, but the decision on certification is taken by the German notified body organization. Uh, we have local resources, for example, in China and the US and everywhere, but all of them have to deliver their result to the German certification body because in Europe, a notified body has to be located in the European Union. And this is why uh, we decided actually as a German organization to have that in Germany. And nevertheless, uh, due to the market needs and due to the uh, time differences and to reduce also amount of travels, uh, we ensured uh, to have local resources all over the globe 
uh, and enabling us to deliver services uh, from the regions where the manufacturer is located. Great. So thank you for, for this introduction. Um, so, um, Basile, I, I think, as I've said, we have a lot of um, misunderstanding or not clear situation regarding notified bodies. And I wanted to make really this, this, this episode really an episode where we have really a clear understanding now of um, what a notified body is doing, how they can help, what is the situation regarding to COVID-19, regarding to the uh, one-year delay. And first, I wanted to understand what is currently the no numbers of notified bodies. How, do, how, much do we have, how much notified bodies do we have now on the pipe um, for MDD, for MDR, for IVDD, etc.? Because I think there is a lot of numbers that are turning, but in terms of real numbers of notified bodies that are really active and not those that are not active or going down. I mean, yeah. there is a lot of things. So can you really clarify us the situation on that? Yeah. So um, if we look back to 2012, when uh, the whole uh, transparency uh, started to show up with regard to the number of notified bodies and people started talking about that numbers, in 2012, we had like 83 notified bodies. So more than 80 notified bodies at that time. And then uh, um, we had the situation where regulation uh, was uh, starting to be uh, recommended and initiated due to the multiple issues that we had at the European level. And then the joint assessment uh, was introduced by the European Commission and the member states uh, to ensure harmonization and to increase safety at the European level by uh, auditing notified bodies, not just by the member state where the notified body is located, but also with the involvement of different member states to ensure that member states are getting uh, training across each other as well, harmonizing and ensuring that the same level on expectation are settled to the different notified bodies. This reaction led to a reduction of the number of notified bodies from 83 to 56 under the current situation. And uh, this is actually a big reduction of numbers. Yeah. Um, afterwards, we had the Brexit as well, uh, which came uh, later on uh, during the last years. We saw we were watching Brexit and a lot of people uh, lost the trust on the whole situation. They didn't want to hear anymore about Brexit. But the Brexit effect was also there because some of those notified bodies decided to stop their activities completely, and some of them decided to relocate to another region. And now by the end of the day, we still have like uh, uh, 55 notified bodies who are still acting under the old directives, which is the MDD, IMDD, and we have also some for IVDD. Now, with the new regulation, uh, every notified body who decides to move to the new regulation has to apply newly, like this organization has never been a notified body. So anyone who is interested should apply. And um, not all of these notified bodies applied for the new regulation. Some of them decided uh, to, to continue their services till the end of date of application, which was actually next week on the 26th of May 2020. And uh, now uh, they decided to, uh, um, to, to stop it. And so we're going to have uh, just 44 notified bodies, probably, uh, uh, who are going to be getting some notification for the MDR. And I say some notification because not every notified body today under MDD or IMDD or IVDD will be able to apply for the same scope under the medical device regulation or IVDR regulation. So what will happen is that you will see uh, uh, fewer notified bodies succeeding 
And we saw it already actually in the whole process, which is very complex, that actually 44 notified body applications are with the European Commission and the member states. But out of them till now, we just have 14 notified bodies who were designated for the MDR, whereas actually there is one is double counted because uh, due to Brexit. So we have 13 notified bodies for MDR and three notified bodies for IVDR. And the question is, uh, uh, how much notified bodies do we really need? And I keep saying, it's not the number of notified bodies that we need to know. We need to know actually how many resources do the notified bodies need to address the market need? Because the market is actually not transparent. We don't know how many uh, notified bodies uh, resources do we need, for example, for MD scope A uh, or B or C. Uh, so we need to, 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 to check uh, and compare market needs versus uh, resources needs at the notified bodies. And at this moment, everyone talk about number of notified bodies. We need to look on capacities of notified bodies per MD scope to address the market need. And uh, by the end, you will see actually out of these uh, uh, notified bodies who were designated yet, after approximately three years, we just have like 25% uh, of the number of notified bodies who got designated. And um, uh, out of these 25%, actually we have the majority of the biggest notified bodies. So the biggest organization are included here, which is not bad, but we still don't know actually what is the market need because this is a point where we need transparency on it to be able to ensure that notified bodies have sufficient capacity for the future. Yeah, so um, I think I think there is. Um, thank you for for this clarification. It's really providing all the the numbers and the the history of all the the notified bodies uh, situation. Um, the, there is really. I, I think it's interesting the, the fact that you say you are saying the market need is really important to know to really know how much notified bodies we need. Um, and within one notified bodies, you can have many many more resources, so you can really address a lot of of need of the market. So as you mentioned, it's not really the number of notified bodies, but more the the size, if I can say, or the number of resources they have that can really help you. Um, in terms of, um, as you mentioned also, in terms of uh, MDD certification. Um, we or MDD, IEMDD uh, certification. Uh, we have had this new um, this new um, communication or uh, implementation rule uh, regulation that uh, was issued last week. So, um, can you tell us a bit more about this one because it's also one that is helping to um, to renew the cert the accreditation of some uh, notified bodies. So, what yeah. what is it, what is it exactly? Yeah, it's, 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 um, I have to be a bit now uh, smiling. When I read the regulation and I looked at the number of the regulation, I was like, oh my God, this is the devil regulation because it's 2020 triple six. Yeah. Um, and when I looked at this regulation, I was like um, trying to understand what is the commission trying to, to do. And actually they are trying to address uh, the fact that some notified bodies, like I mentioned before, decided to stop their activities. So uh, uh, if we take the numbers, I told you 44 applied. So uh, a number like 12 didn't apply for the new regulation. So probably they didn't want to, to proceed under this uh, legislation in the future. And uh, uh, on top of this, some of these 44 who applied, they thought actually that with their application for the MDR, uh, they are moving to the new system because the old system will disappear because based on the regulation 2017-745, it was saying that by date of application, which is the 26th of May 2020, any notification of a notified body according to the old system will become void. 
And now they prolonged uh, the date of application for one more year, but this is just uh, uh, positive if notified bodies are still designated for the old system, because notified bodies uh, may have their designation ending between now uh, May and uh, next May next year, and they didn't prolong the designation. So even if they have one more year to work under the old directive, and their designation is not valid anymore, so they will not be able to issue any certification decision based on, on their designation actually validity date. So the European Commission tried to find a solution uh, to enable member states to renew the designation of notified bodies who wants to renew. Because the point is, who is the notified body? You can't renew a designation of a notified body unless the notified body decided to apply for renewal. And uh, the question that we have to, 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 to consider as well, notified bodies uh, that decided to stop actually their business, probably by date of application, some of them uh, who didn't apply for the MDR, probably they even uh, didn't renew the contract with their uh, resources because they decided to stop totally the business. So I, I'm not sure if this kind of helps that they got now a relief to be able to renew because you can't hire people immediately, you can't extend the, the, the contract immediately. All of these things have to be considered. Now, this, this regulation could be a help for notified bodies who decided to continue the business under the MDR, uh, but they were now facing a trouble because of their designation with the MDD and IMDD designation, which is ending very soon. So they may be able to talk to their authorities to apply for a renewal. The question is, um, again here, are they very flexible in their business strategy to resettle their system to say, now we're going to continue with the MDD? I mean, you know it by yourself. If you decide to, to do a business uh, step where you took a decision actually by May 26 to stop something completely, so you are working the, the last months to, to get down with it and to start a completely new business. So your whole concept is now changing. And it depends actually on the flexibility of the organization of that notified body, how flexible they are and how willing they are to reinitiate something that will disappear again in one year. So it is, it is uh, at least the commission reacted. Um, I would personally uh, be more happy if they reacted uh, in a different way uh, to enable notified bodies to have that flexibility that they are giving to authorities because they are allowing authorities to do a lot of things in a different way and much more lean way, enabling them to designate uh, again notified bodies uh, remotely Whereas uh, for notified bodies, and we're going to talk about this probably later, uh, are still not allowed to issue initial certification or to, re uh, to do something in a remote way, which is essential to ensure a smooth implementation of the medical device regulation. So, yeah, it's clear that, uh, that here there is a lot of uh, things that were implemented due to the urgency of, of COVID-19. Um, yeah, we'll judge if I can say this is really the right solution or not. Um, but, uh, but I think, yeah, this, 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 I mean, when you are looking that from the manufacturer side, you say it's a relief. You say, oh, we have the chance to have a, a notified body for one year more. Uh, or we have the chance to to renew again with this notified body, but 
as you mentioned, the reality is different. Uh, when you have a notified body that already planned to, to stop business, uh, I suppose a lot of employees already left and maybe moved to another notified body or, or to another consulting business or something like that. At the end, they will not be able to hire them. So at the end, it's, it, the, the dilemma or the drama that is happening is the fact that they are authorized, but they don't have the resource to do that uh, anymore. So which is yeah. something that I think the manufacturers really need to understand that this one year delay is also creating some some problems uh, or creating uh, some some uh, some oasis, if I can say, in the desert when at the end there is nothing. So it's uh, it's, yeah. uh, it's really a problem. Um, OK, so uh, let's say now we are talking specifically about the situation that we, you just described regarding the COVID-19. We had this uh, MDCG guidance, the 2020-4, uh, which is providing some guidance on remote audits on how to, to do that during the COVID-19 because I suppose there is not no audit is happening, if I can say, in re real audit on site. So uh, can you help us to understand this guidance? So is it for all companies? Is it for certain companies? Is it for wh what is the scope of this MDCG and how it is performed? Because um, uh, is it like what we are doing now, a Zoom call, and uh, they, are, they, are, they are talking about their case? Or are they transferring documents per email? I mean, how is it working all this? Yeah, so um, actually with this um, uh, guidance, uh, uh, the Medical Device Coordination Group tried to address the fact of uh, travel restriction and the uh, uh, not ability of notified bodies to conduct on-site audits. So they differed between COVID-19 related devices, which are actually based on the list of uh, WHO, which is saying which are the devices which are necessary. For those devices, there is a lean process of uh, even initial certification, which allows the notified bodies uh, uh, to take the risk and to say, to support the healthcare system, we're going to do it remotely. Um, but this is just related to COVID-19 devices. and I. Um, and, um, in the last months, uh, we saw a lot of COVID-19 related devices application where they wanted to have such a process. But we saw a lot of manufacturers who wanted to make use of this situation to say, I have an implant, uh, it's COVID-19 related, whereas this implant was not really, really? COVID-19. <laughs> okay. so, but it is, it, is, it, is, uh, it is reality. I mean, people try to make use of, of a situation. And by the end, it's, it is uh, notified bodies' decision and risk uh, uh, management to take a decision which device application they shall take and what justification uh, is justifiable related to COVID-19 situation. So for COVID-19, I think uh, uh, the European Commission as well at the member state try to do their best uh, to ensure a lean process to help uh, getting devices on the market as fast as possible if they are fulfilling specific requirements. So this is one part. Now, when we are talking about this document with regard to uh, a new application, so uh, date yeah. of application was delayed. A lot of people are, are now uh, thinking about applying for a new MDD device uh, for the first time. They have never been on the market, and they believe that based on that, they can get a remote uh, a certification under the old system. Uh, the guidance, as well as multiple additional accreditation bodies and, uh, 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 and designation authorities, they clearly say initial certification cannot be done solely on remote audits. So, which means uh, as long as we have travel restriction, if you have a new device, uh, don't apply for MDD uh, or IMDD, uh, apply for MDR and uh, because uh, at the end, the time of the MDD is limited. 
So, uh, and we can do a lot of things, uh, which um, let's say remotely or offsite, because we need to start anyhow with technical documentation assessment. Technical documentation assessment is done offsite, so it's not a, something which is uh, new. It's something that you do it on desk. You prepare your your technical documentation assessor. You review, you raise the nonconformities if there are some, and then you have an exchange with the manufacturer beforehand. You have also preparation steps for your audit activities before you go and audit manufacturer, and you do them offsite typically. But there is the part which is the onsite part, where you look on the processes, where you look on on what has been communicated in the technical documentation in reality to see how the manufacturer is producing, how he's ensuring uh, control during the whole processes. This you have to see onsite, and the guidance as well as the authorities are clearly saying. This is not possible to be done remotely. They do not accept it. And based on that, the delay of date of application uh, is actually just a benefit for some manufacturers. And let, let me explain to you which manufacturer will okay. be actually getting a benefit out of it. And this is actually related to manufacturers who uh, are already in the process of renewal, for example, for MDD. And uh, during that renewal, the notified body uh, was not able to close that assessment on time because, uh, let's say, there were major questions and the manufacturer didn't have time. So now they have additional time that they can close it because they can close their non-conformities, enabling them to get a renewal. It's also a possibility of benefit for manufacturer who got already with the new device audited and everything was ready, but there were some open uh, non-conformities that they couldn't close down because of the uh, tough timeline. It's also a possibilities for manufacturer who want to introduce significant changes, uh, which are significant based on Article 120 of the regulation and maybe pushing them to MDR directly, that they are still able to do it under the directive under the condition that their notified body will still be willing to take a new application for significant changes. And this depends then at the end on the notified body, their capacity. My, my personal recommendation to all manufacturers, uh, um, the old directive is ending, is ending very soon. Even if, if notified bodies will be willing to reopen the system and to say, we reopen it, they will not reopen it forever. They will reopen it for three, four more months and say, in this period, we take additional application, but then uh, uh, you will get again to the MDR. So if you are already in your remediation preparation for MDR, continue with your initial plans, because uh, uh, any other plan to move to MDD would mean that you are putting an additional business risk that potentially you will get again to the same situation that you had before now in this month, in May, and you will have it next year in May, because you will probably uh, get no MDD certificate because you have, again, major nonconformities. Whereas for MDR, you have enough time to close it because the MDR is the future system. So my recommendation to everyone who is running on MDR, keep going with MDR and yeah. use this additional year just to collect uh, uh, the additional evidence that you need to, to address MDR requirement. And one specific aspect where a lot of people are... Uh, uh, we're waiting for is actually the definition of sufficient clinical data. Yeah. Now we have that definition, we have that documents. So try to, to understand and to do the gap analysis to address in this year what is the gap, to close the gap and to apply for MDR uh, because this is your future and whatever notified bodies can do under MDR in this preparation period would be a benefit for you. And then just the, the final step, which would be for the initial certifications, the on-site auditing, 
can be done at the beginning of next year if travel restrictions uh, are going away or end of this year, depending uh, on, on the situation and how, how the pandemic will, will proceed. So just, just one thing related to that. So as we said, initial certification cannot be done. Um, are, we, are we talking now like for, for the next six months, seven months, there is no new device that can go to market? Or is it, is it that that it's saying specifically? This is, this is what uh, the guidance is saying. It's saying uh, notified bodies uh, who wants to issue a new certificate for uh, a new device. So we are not talking about renewal or uh, uh, changes to uh, quality management system or, or manufacturer who you already know, which you are auditing. So uh, uh, the, the system is saying, the guidance is saying, if you are um, issuing a new certificate under the new regulation, you need to go on site. You can't just do it solely on off-site. So if there is a manufacturer who wants to get an MDR certification, uh, uh, the guidance is saying we need to go on site because it's an initial certification. Even so, we have been doing actually auditing this manufacturer since many years. Based on what they are saying in the guidance, they expect that we, we have to go on site. Okay. Keeping in mind that uh, typically audit, and you ask the question, uh, so for example, auditing, most of the auditing is done actually on, on uh, quality evidence of manufacturer uh, procedures, quality management system, and a lot of things are done actually on, on paper. Okay. And uh, uh, just the processes, manufacturing and so on, you need to go and see it on site. But if you have been auditing a manufacturer since many years and they didn't change their process, so it's just a repetition that you have to review the, the process again because um, this is what they are expecting. So they do not even differ between manufacturers that you have been auditing since many years and the completely new manufacturers that you never saw the manufacturing processes. Because an auditor, and uh, you are by yourself, Monir, you have been done also some audits. An auditor does what? He, he review technical documentation, review quality management documentation, and then prove uh, what is written if it's lived actually by the resources, uh, by interviewing resources, by yeah. looking through processes and so on. And if you have done this multiple times over the last 5, 10, 15 years for the same process, so you know it much better than the manufacturer know this because you are keeping uh, uh, going inside and seeing what's happening. So I was surprised that this was not actually allowed um, uh, during this situation because all of us, we want to ensure that MDR is implemented on time and we should make actually any time to make use of the remaining period because at the end, the grace period, which was four years, is now going to three years. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen is uh, the workload going to go in a peak and we're going to have a big wave again. So we need to avoid that we get such a big wave and we need to ensure a better distribution of the workload over the next year to, to, to get the flexibility of carrying the MDR on time because nobody is interested to impact the healthcare system in Europe negatively. Yeah. We are interested to ensure that the healthcare system is continuing to run as it should be. No, I think it's, 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 it's clear and, uh, and I hope that now the manufacturers understand that even the one-year delay is not solving your problems uh, yes. because at the end you are not able to get an audit, you are not able to start a new product on the market, etc. etc. So uh, for new manufacturers, it's, it's like that. For uh, those uh, that are trying to renew, you maybe have a solution, but yeah, for, for, for new manufacturers, it's like that. So uh, for the audit, um, the virtual audit, it's like a Zoom call like today or...? It could be a Zoom call, it could be Microsoft Teams, Exchange, uh, for, for example, because uh, 
um, uh, you need to, to, to exchange with the manufacturer on uh, to review procedures, update the procedures. You need to see where they are. So at this moment, we have all over the globe uh, travel restrictions. Uh, now we are starting to see some relief, but typically it's done remotely. So um, uh, manufacturer will have to share uh, documentation. Uh, will have to um, we have to review them, and uh, the discussion will be done uh, through Microsoft Teams, Zoom, or uh, WebEx, whatever is the possibility to have like an exchange uh, on on the quality management system of that manufacturer and some of the processes. So um, is it also something like, uh, I mean, I, I already participated to a lot of audits and uh, usually it's two days, three days of audits. So is it the same time or same it time? Depends, or? It depends on the manufacturer and the size of the manufacturer. So it could be that time and it is very actually time consuming and much more, um, uh, let's say you get tired of that because you yeah. are talking just to the laptop and you are not interacting with people. So uh, therefore, uh, auditors have to settle a different system. So it could be that instead of doing one day, they do it on two days uh, to ensure that they are concentrated and they can uh, deal with, with the manufacturer in, in a reasonable way and to ensure that both sides are communicating in a manageable way at the end of the day. Okay. No, I think it's really clear, and uh, and uh, and I hope yeah this uh, this really provides a lot of clarity also for those manufacturers that are now looking for a notified body or looking for a new certification and understanding what is the current situation and then yeah. to define really their strategy out of that and not thinking that maybe uh, uh, the notified bodies don't want to help. It's more that there is some restrictions, so they cannot do all what they want now, and uh, it's, it will impact the business, will impact uh, all the all the regulation. Um, okay, so great. I think we covered really all the, the topics that we wanted to, to discuss today uh, because I think there is really uh, there is really a lot of good good information that we have made here. Um, one thing I wanted also to talk with you. So uh, we heard that you are leaving Sud. So just as an information, and uh, we we got yeah. that if I can say officially. Uh, and we'd like to schedule a meeting I think, with you um, to discuss maybe those later. But nevertheless, can can you tell us what is maybe some insight from a, a notified body environment. So how, how is it to work for a notified body? What is really to the, the, the environment of work that you have specifically within a notified body? Yeah, so um, uh, let me start with the point. Um, when I was studying years ago, um, I, I did the master's degree one time. And uh, during that master's degree studies, people um, um, asked me, uh, do you want to take a course on quality management system and regulatory? And so I decided to do that at that time. And I was like, oh my God, this is totally boring. Why I'm doing that? Uh, so I didn't have any clue about at that time how, how my future will be in quality and regulatory. Um, then um, my, my first contact in business-wise actually to regulatory was when we were in the university hospital where we decided to open a biobank and we needed to have a pharma release. So we started looking on documentation and I was all my life actually the innovator, the designer and the developer of new technologies, devices. And uh, so when I got in contact with this, I was like, okay, I have to do it because we need to get that biobank established and we need to get regulatory approval at the end. Uh, then uh, notified bodies got in contact with me to start working with them. I didn't know what they do. I, I thought, like, let's check what they are doing. Because in Germany, for example, TÜV is, uh, uh, is something that you know as a person directly for your car because you yeah. need to get an inspection. But um, as a um, person with medical uh, uh, 
profession, uh, you just don't focus on these things. You never know what's behind all of these rigorous requirements. So when I joined TÜV, I joined actually because of my personal interest. I thought it's really interesting to see what they are doing. And, and I, I, I was really happy over the last years to see how much you can learn in a notified body organization. So I'm very thankful for TÜV Suit because um, I joined the biggest notified bodies uh, in Europe and I had really the ability to learn much more than you can learn in any other organization. Because working as a notified body means you know is the difference between the different manufacturers. You know, you learn how a different organization deal with the same problem in a different way. Uh, you have an interaction not just with engineers or medical doctors. You have an interaction with different uh, expertise in uh, which you can imagine. So you talk with a biologist today. You talk with a chemist in the next day. Then you exchange with somebody with a profession on silicons. Then you talk with a metal expert, uh, and then you talk with manufacturers, and you see innovation before they get to the market. You learn out of that what is the future in the medical society. And I think a lot of people see notified body activities to be, uh, let's say, uh, if they look to it from outside, they believe a notified body is like an authority. Uh, it is. Uh, we have an authority because we did take decision at the end. We are not an authority, but we, we act because we take certification decision at the end, which is actually a kind of authority work. But uh, uh, in a notified body, it is really an interesting job, and I learned a lot out of it. And I would recommend anyone who would be interested to do that, do it. And uh, find an organization that will help you also grow. Uh, I got multiple career steps at TÜV, and I could uh, go from uh, one position to the next one, which is actually supported by the organization. And if you are a person who is really um, interested to grow uh, and you are interested to learn, you can learn in a notified body much more than you can learn anywhere else. And this is, this is really uh, uh, my recommendation to people. So if don't believe if you are studying regulatory now that it's boring then it could be that your professor is not doing a good job. Uh, regulatory can be really fun and it could be really enjoyable. And you have to make out of your job actually uh, um, a kind of happiness that you enjoy it because uh, every kind of job can, can be boring if you do not see the benefit out of it. And I'm happy actually that I have did this position and I, I'm leaving by the end of this month. This is true. Uh, but I'm leaving because I'm looking for a new challenge in my life. And this is not uh, uh, because I don't think notified body work is uh, lovely. Uh, if I had a situation and I'm again asked in my life, would you repeat working for notified body? It is something that I would do every single day. It was really enjoyable. And I, I'm happy that I have did that. And I learned a lot. And I'm happy that I was involved in the certification as well in the rejection of a lot of devices that were not safe, but also in the certification of a lot of innovation that supported the healthcare system in Europe to get devices which are adding safety and adding really value for the human being and for the patient. No, it's great. So yeah, I, I have the same story related to medical device regulation. Uh, I wanted to be on the uh, research and development, so to build uh, new innovations. And at the end of my study, I had to do an internship and I didn't find anything in uh, research and development. And I find something in quality and regulatory affairs and I had the same reaction like you. It's like, oh, it's boring. What's that? Only papers to read and that. But when, I, when you see that you are really in connection with all the departments of the company, that you are, I can say, the law of the company and trying yeah. really to place 
place all those things in the company, uh, you see that really uh, to have really a lot of interaction. So yeah, so thank you, thank you for that. And uh, for for the people that uh, so uh, Basile, I have interviewed you uh, one year ago or less than one year, maybe in November uh, uh, during a Topra event. So uh, the interview was about uh, how to become a not, uh, notified body auditor. So if yeah. people want to look at that again, uh, so Basile is really explaining to you how uh, to become a notified body auditor. And if you want really to embrace this career, I think it's really a good recommendation from Basile. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's um, I, I mean, I had uh, had to work with a lot of notified bodies also uh, in my career as, uh, as I work with many companies. And um, yeah, even me, I wanted, I said to myself, oh, maybe one day you will be working for a notified body because uh, it's really an exciting, uh, I, I, liked what, I liked the auditors when they are coming, asking yeah. the question, uh, trying to make this investigation to find uh, the evidence that you are doing, performing well. I think it was really a great job and uh, I would really recommend that also for, for a lot of people. But uh, yeah, so I wish you a lot of success for your next, uh, next challenges. And uh, as I said, we'll try really to uh, plan something uh, to discuss again about uh, other topics, maybe with you and also your, with in your future. Um, thank okay, you, Basil, so uh, really thank you for all this. Thank you for all the information that you provided. Uh, and um, as I've said to people, so uh, please uh, don't forget to go to uh, check also the other episodes related to the interview with Basil. We had also the episode related to coronavirus where we discussed also about the situation regarding coronavirus. Uh, and uh, if you are really um, liking what I'm doing here on the channel, so please don't forget also to subscribe and to, uh, to, uh, to share that with also your colleagues. Okay, Basil, something to say for the people at the end or? Thank you, Bonnier, for this really uh, exchange. Uh, I, I just want to say thank you to everyone uh, for my uh, cooperation with you and the exchange during my Notified Body activities. Looking forward for our future cooperation. Uh, and uh, I hope that we, we keep exchanging. And I wish everyone good luck with the MDR, IVDR implementation. Keep going, don't change your plans, and keep looking in, in, in the direction of the future, and don't look for uh, just short period reaction just because you have a delay of DOA. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy. Yeah. And if you are looking for a job as a notified body, they are looking for a lot of people. So keep uh, uh, looking for that. There is a lot of possibilities to learn what I have learned in my life, and I think it would be good for everyone. All the rest. So, thank you. Thank you for that. And I hope that a lot of people will apply now. Okay, Basil. So thank you for your help and uh, I wish you a nice day. Thank you. Same to you. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.